0: Hello and welcome to Writers Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have.
1: Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help.
0: Are you ready for your session?
1: The Doctors doctors Are are in. In.
0: So today we have author and screenwriter Tim Gabriel. He's the author of the horror novels This Land of Monsters and The 18th. He's out in Canada, actually, on the other side of the continent from us. He's in Ontario. So welcome, Tim.
2: Yeah, Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Horror April Month. I don't know what we're doing. We have all these like horror things going on this month. (laughs) So let's talk about your books, first of all. All right. How did you get into horror writing and tell us about your books and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've I've always been a fan of horror writing and movies. Like, uh, I was born in the '80s, so I grew up with all those like Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. I mean, I watched them after the fact, obviously being born in the '80s. But um, yeah, Stephen King is a big influence of mine. I, I I'm sitting at my desk. I have all of his books behind me on my de- on my uh, bookcase. So Stephen King is probably the main fuel for my horror fire. I would say.
0: What did people do before Stephen King, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Mary Shelley.
1: Is that why you moved to Canada to get that kind of more like that Maine feel? Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes. It's
2: as close to Maine as I can get. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now I understand uh, you've got two horror uh, books out. Are they sequels of each other's Land of Monsters in the 18th?
2: Uh technically speaking, yes, but um only because I included one of the antagonists from This Land of Monsters in the 18th as like a very like blink and you'll miss it character. Mm. But so technically speaking, the eighteenth is a prequel to This Land of Monsters, but storyline, story wise, they're completely separate.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now I understand we've had conversations off podcast. I understand one of them was traditionally published and one of them was self-published, correct?
2: Yeah, This Land of Monsters was uh, traditionally published with uh, Inksmith Publishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 18th, I self-published in 2019.
0: Can you talk us through the process of what it was like to be going through a traditional publisher and then pivoting to self-publishing? And, and what was the thought process behind that?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, self-publishing, it, it has a lot of more freedom involved. I mean, realistically, you, it's, I don't advise this, but you don't even need an editor if you want to self-publish. You can edit it yourself. You can create your own cover. You can put it on Amazon, and away you go. Whereas uh, traditional publishing, there's a lot more uh, back and forth with your, your cover designer, your editor. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the, the freedom is really what, what comes down to tra- uh, self-publishing. A lot of people are doing that these days. It's become a lot more popular.
1: Yeah, well, most people—I was going to say—most people go the other way. They start by self-publishing, and then they get a publisher that you know helps them, you know, get more exposure and that kind of thing. But you felt like you could do it better yourself.
2: Not that I could do it better. Um, it's funny because my first publisher I got connected with um, through Twitter through a Twitter pitch party. So uh, for anybody that's looking to sell their book or to get an agent, that's a good way to to go about that to start off is. Usually for about twelve hours on Twitter, you can pitch your book every hour or so. And then agents and and publishers they will look through all the tweets with the hashtag and they'll like ones, they'll like pitches that they want to hear more about. So that's how I got connected with my first publisher. Uh, unfortunately, they they started the edit, they created the uh, cover for this land of monsters, which is actually the original cover with my first press. It's the same one I used for my current press. Um, but long story short, my first publisher folded before they even published a single book Ooh, yeah. ouch. and they were brand new. I mean, that's one of the dangers you have by going with a new publisher. Like they were brand new. The enthusiasm was there and then it just fizzled out and she closed, she closes the doors. But, uh, I kind of wallowed in my own self pity for a little while. And then I got up and started looking around and actually my current publisher, Inksmith Publishing, I found them. I just I uh, sent them a queer letter out of the blue and they accepted the book. So that was three or four years ago. 2018 is when it was.
1: Cool. Yeah. Now your two, the two books that you have out there, the land of Mon- this land of monsters and the 18th are kind of different in subject matter. The, the uh, 18th is a, uh, uh, basically a zombie monster. No, no, which one, the list, this land of monsters is the zombie kind of monster kind of story. Whereas the 18th is more of a thriller murder sla- uh, a mur- murder story. So why do you have different why that seems kind of like two different genres to me, subgenres to me. And most people usually kind of stick to one area, but you seem to have a, you know, an interest in more than just that. So talk about your how you come up with your ideas and why you kind of have different areas you go into.
2: My first my initial plan was I wanted to write a book in every major horror trope. So zombies was my first one. And then i went to serial killers i still want to write like uh aliens um, ghosts uh you know what have you any of the uh, vampires that was always just kind of my idea of just having a collection of books that dealt with every major horror theme this land of monsters was kind of always in my head for years same thing with the 18th they were just two that i always just even when i wasn't writing back in the day because I really didn't start I didn't really start writing seriously until I turned 30. And prior to that, I was always thinking about stuff like constructing stories in my head, but I never had anything down on paper and This Land of Monsters and The 18th were always there.
1: Cool. Now you're switching from uh writing books to writing a screenplay. Which one are you are you adapting?
2: Uh, I adapted The 18th. Okay. Which and-
1: what was that process like? I, I've done an adaptation, so I know it's kind of tricky. I didn't adapt my own book, though. How was that for you, trying to write your own book as a screenplay?
2: It was hard at first. It was, it was difficult because I've been fortunate enough along the way in regards to people I've met um, that have really been helpful with teaching me and, and guiding me on how to screenplay. Um, it, it was my initial, when I was first done the first draft and what I thought was complete of the 18th screenplay. It was 130 pages. Oh my which, gosh. <laughs> no, yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's
1: a, that's a really long one. Yeah, I know.
2: And, and the guy that was helping me out, he was, uh, he was telling me Look, it's too long. And, and me, I'm just stubborn, and I'm like, "Nah, it'll be fine." And so, of course, I, I finally was like, "You know what? You know more than I do in this. You're, you're the, you're the, the wise one here." So, I eventually chopped it down to 113 pages, where it, that's where it sits now. Which, for horror, to my understanding, okay. is I've heard it's still a little on the long side, but I, I couldn't cut anymore, and that's what was hard as the initial writer, like the novelist. I had already cut so much. And there was literally nothing else I could cut out that would affect that would make the story better. So that was what was hard was, you know, they say, kill your darling. So I was chopping up my story left and right, trying to make it fit in that uh, that, that guide.
0: When you were adapting, did you find that you had a rewrite? Complete scenes or anything like that. I mean, putting on a producer hat now, were you like, oh, I can't do that. That's too expensive, or that's too many people, or that wouldn't, you know? He's he's monologuing in the book, and I can't do that on screen. Did you find that you had to change a lot of stuff?
2: Um, certain characters I had to move around in the story, like they show up a little bit early, so that they don't just magically appear when it's convenient. Um, there was a couple of sequences that I just had to straight out cut, but rewriting wise the story is very similar to the book it wasn't a lot that i had to rewrite even dialogue i found a lot of my dialogue i lifted right from the book straight to the screenplay
0: did you
1: yeah so you had to cut out a lot of um things that you loved about the story you know were there were there characters you had to remove at all did you find yourself doing that because I've, I've had to do that where i'm like well this character just doesn't work in on screen or I have to combine characters
2: not I didn't have to remove anybody but certain characters got less screen time or less writing time rather um so the crux like the the main storyline of the book is uh um the soul of an executed serial killer bonds with this like AI um that's being used as like a video game so what it is, is these eight people would plug into this game, like Matrix style. And once you're inside, you're on an island and it's um, basically like survival horror. Last one to survive wins. So once the characters get in there, they realize that there's a, it's so a long story short, the, the girl that was the, the sole survivor of the serial killer's murder spree, she gets paid an exorbitant amount of money to participate in the first run of this game. And when she gets in there, she realizes that the soul of that guy is, is attached to the AI and they're all suddenly booted out of the game. And what happens in the real life is the soul of the character, of the killer followed them out of the game and he can jump between the different bodies of the people that were participating. Oh, so cool. some of the characters that had more in the book are kind of not in the book as long, we'll say. Because I, I just did, I couldn't. Devote the same amount of time that I would. It is in a novel. horror
1: movie. Someone's gonna die. Somebody's so, gonna die. Yeah.
2: There's no secret there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Someone's <laughs> gonna die. So you're gonna yeah. you're gonna start trimming down the cast quickly. Mm-hmm. You, see, you haven't produced anything, right? You've never no. produced a film. I have not. You know, we've talked about when you're writing a screenplay, you have to think like a producer because about budget. Did you did you take a budget into account when you were writing your screenplay?
2: No, but I know that some of the things I cut. um would definitely help a budget um, because kind of this kind of goes back to the other question about like what i would what i had to cut and what i didn't there's a certain sequence in the book where they all go back inside um of the game because they're trying to rid themselves of him. and once they get inside they realize that he has complete control of the area of the arena so i really plugged in like he was almost like freddy krueger in these scenes where he is almost like they're in like a freddy dream where every time they'd go in, it was just like new nightmare. And there was a couple of them that are in the book that are not in the, in the screenplay. Cause I just, I didn't have the space for them. And also they would be very pricey to make on film just because of the nature of what they were.
1: Right. VFX and what have you. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, not, not giving away the ending. Have you left yourself open to um, continuing the story like a series or a franchise?
2: You know, 100%. I will say that, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, It was written as a standalone, and it probably will stay that way, but it's definitely open for more if I wanted to. I actually had two sequels planned for this Land of Monsters that are kind of up in the air right now. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do with those at the moment, but there was other things that I wanted to work on, so I kind of put those on the back burner.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Now, you said you're also pitching this uh, to several contests and stuff. How has it been doing? I guess, which contests and how has it been doing and what kind of feedback have you been getting?
2: I think it's been good so far. Um, I was just looking at them yesterday. I think I've entered into maybe eight to ten of them and I've placed in four.
0: That's good. Um,
2: Quarterfinal, twice, semifinal. I got an honorable mention in the last one I was in in the Southern California screenplay competition. So it's it's for a first time screenwriter I'm I'm happy where it's at. Um I'm kind of looking at other avenues to see like okay what can I do outside of of just screenplay competitions to get some some notice on this cuz I also know that only having one screenplay makes it a lot harder to sell or to advance something. That's my understanding anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. usually uh the common thought is at least mm-hmm. have 3 of the same genre in your pocket so if they go what else you got you're not like a one-trick pony so yeah but you also have 118 pages so you could be like i have a two-parter
2: <laughs> it's a <true>. trilogy <laughs> i can i can add the other 15 pages back
0: <laughs> yeah you could you could probably have a whole trilogy right that's there. right exactly <laughs> and the prequel so there you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i understand now you're pivoting from horror eventually to genre your upcoming projects are in a different genre altogether
2: both the things I'm working on right now are actually different genres. I'm the other screenplay I'm working on is a, a television pilot, pilot, pilot. <laughs> <laughs> about um, it's a comedy, it's a dramedy with heavy co- comedy elements. About a uh, a DJ that he's kind of on his way up in uh, society, like he's getting a lot of fame, and he does something to completely ruin it. So he's kind of like a pariah in society. So he moves back to his home town of uh, in florida and he ends up running a, a little beachside resort that's been in his family for years and then the other one that i'm working on is uh i haven't quite i'm still in the plotting phases but it's a novel and it's it's a drama for sure and that's i've always loved drama i mean even though i started in horror drama is kind of what i've always loved
0: So I know you did a book trailer for uh, some of your horror novels. Have you thought about doing a sizzle for your script? And what was it like shooting a book trailer? I know that's kind of like a an in thing in the book world, but like it hasn't really bled over into entertainment where we're like, hey, we're filming a book trailer. It's very rare that I see them.
2: I loved it. I mean, my my growing up, I wanted to work in film. It's funny, I started in in you know fiction writing, but I always wanted to work in film. So back before this land of monsters released I was uh, with a small press and even with bigger presses a lot of the marketing does fall on you um, and with a smaller press it's it's almost exclusively like you do most of the marketing so I figured you know what let's make a let's let's make a horror novel or a horror uh, uh what do you call it? a book trailer so I just got a couple of my friends and my brother-in-law and I said you know what if you guys help me out for a couple hours I'll take you out to dinner and that's that's all it was. We just I went out and I found a nice road that kind of looked abandoned and zombie-ish, and that was it. I just filmed it on my iPhone. There's things about it that drive me crazy when I watch it now. Like There's a scene where I was filming with my uh, camera. I was laying on the ground and kind of shooting upwards, and you can see the phone moving up and down from my breathing. <laughs> it's <laughs> just awesome. little stuff like that. <laughs> it drives me nuts, but Yeah, I had considered doing one for the 18th, but it was a little bit more involved with the 18th, and I I figured it probably wasn't necessary.
1: So you can add director and producer to your list of uh, talents.
2: Yeah, technically speaking, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you're already there. That's how they get started. That's how they pull you in. So uh, what else do you have planned for the future? And if people want to find you, where can they find you?
2: Uh, as of right now, I'm just writing, starting to write again. Uh, I, I do a lot of conventions when I'm, when it's not coronavirus. Uh, I was doing a lot of conventions in the U.S. I did Cleveland, Atlanta, Chicago, kind of wherever seems like a good fit. Um, other than that, online, I'm on Facebook, uh, most active on Instagram, Twitter. But for right now, it's... Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, um, uh, I thought didn't you mention or, uh, off podcast? You mentioned you were working on possibly starting a podcast too.
2: Yes, I was actually, and uh, it was uh, it's a big passion project of mine. I've always wanted to do it. Um, I have a co-host; her name's Heather. But uh, I just felt too. I was pulled in too many directions at the time when I was planning it, and I just I had a couple other projects that were really pulling my attention away. So I made the decision to just kind of put it on the back burner, but. It's called the Histories and Mysteries podcast. It's it's uh it's going to be about like hometown uh folklore, like things that you don't hear like typically you're not going to hear about Bigfoot and the Jersey Devil on our show. It'll be stuff that stuff that you really ha- would only hear about if you grew up in that town. So stuff every time you tune in it would be like a brand new kind of piece of lore that you've never heard of
1: cool that sounds really interesting thank you okay so if you uh want to check out tim's work uh land, this land of monsters and the 18th are both available on amazon.com we'll put a link in the show notes um if you've got kindle what is it called that kindle uh unlimited they're free so you can listen we'll, uh, give them a read we'll uh, hope to see uh, more from you in the future hopefully we'll see your films uh, coming out we'll see you next time everybody